0: listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka Fine Arts Camp has won a $45,000 grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. Although it's a relatively small amount of money, the funding has major impact. It will not only help support camp programs, it also contributes to Sitka's growing arts economy. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: Unlike many nonprofit grants, the NEA money comes with few strings attached. It doesn't require the camp to launch a new initiative or to build or repair facilities. Some
2: years ago, um, I was actually in DC meeting with program officer from the NEA. You know, he said that you don't have to like make a new program every year. You just have to do good work.
1: Roger Schmidt is the executive director of the camp. Getting the nod from the NEA, he says, is like getting an audit. The organization has been vetted by the nation's top arts funder and been found worthy. And for a camp that now offers programs and performances year-round, it's especially great that it doesn't have to create something new.
2: There are so many grants where it's like, you know, we'd like to support you to come up with a new initiative. And you're like, okay, so where in the day are we coming up with a new initiative we're kind of busy with what we got going on.
1: Schmidt says that tuition covers only 50 percent of the camp's operating costs. The rest is made up through contributed income. The NEA funding is spent there and helps keep all the parts in working order.
2: It goes into our general operations of the camp. It's part of the important side of contributed income that makes it possible everything from scholarships to art supplies to uh, hiring um, great summer staff.
1: Schmidt says this is good for the camp and good for the community. The amount of contributed income raised by the camp annually is substantial and pays directly for the 900 meals a day the camp serves for four weeks during its summer sessions, its utility bills, sales taxes, and so on. But Schmidt says there's also leveraging. In the nonprofit sector, contributed income attracts contributed income. Although it's never been added up community-wide, the arts are a major industry.
2: We brought in about a million dollars in contributed income each year for the last 10 years. So that's, you know, that's 10, $10 plus million dollars of, of added money into the economy. And that doesn't include the indirect, you know, which is every summer we have about a, you know, almost a 1,000 people come into the community that are, are coming because of our program. And uh, you know they're not staying a few hours you've got you know our staff that are here for the anywhere from two weeks to to eight weeks you've got our you have parents coming in uh to see their you know to see their kids perform and present their works at the end of each camp so you know bed and breakfast airbnbs hotels restaurants' it's an, a really big multiplier in the economy
1: all this amounts to big business for Sitka, which has many successful nonprofits And Schmidt believes we see return on the investment every day.
2: At the end of the day, profits aren't distributed amongst owners or shareholders. Profits are put directly back into the strength of the organization and its ability to expand and grow its mission. So when we grow, we don't get richer. When we grow, our community gets richer.
1: Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Alaska school districts are facing unprecedented challenges in hiring and turnover. That's what school administrators told lawmakers on Monday. Lisa Parity leads the Alaska Council of School Administrators. We are struggling in the worst crisis Alaska has ever seen in terms of turnover. We can't recruit teachers. Fundamentally, that's very important to high-quality instruction. The comments came during a two-hour presentation before the House and Senate Education Committees, featuring school and district officials from across Alaska. Parity says the struggle in hiring has led some districts to turn outside the U.S. to fill teaching positions. We are in such dire straits in terms of recruitment that we are um, in a position of uh, needing to uh, hire many foreign teachers. I have an example of one district that has 87 foreign teachers. Alaska received 89 teachers through the J-1 program in 2022 and more than 100 in 2021. But J-1 teachers can only stay in the U.S. for three to five years, and district officials told lawmakers teacher turnover often results in lower student performance. Parity and her fellow administrators say part of the solution to the teacher shortage is more funding. Parity says increases in salaries and benefits would make the state a more competitive destination in an increasingly tight market for teachers and school staff. Though Alaska teachers once enjoyed a significant premium over wages in the lower 48, the gap has narrowed significantly in recent years. Senator Jesse Bjorkman, a Akiski Republican, says districts need to do more to underline what might happen in real-world terms if lawmakers fail to boost per-student funding.
1: It's important that each district put on the record what's at stake for education opportunities for kids. That's Those are the questions that we're looking for answers for, is we need to know what we're investing in and what outcomes are going to be available for kids through those invested dollars.
0: Governor Mike Dunleavy did not include an increase in the base student allocation in his proposed budget and has threatened to veto a standalone bill that would raise it. He has instead pushed lawmakers to pass a package of education reforms. Work on a new housing subdivision in Wrangell is currently on hold during the winter months, but once the weather warms up a little, the construction will continue and people are expected to purchase the lots later this year. KSTK's Colette Zarnicki talked with borough officials on how the land will be sold.
3: A former boarding school for Alaska Native children previously sat on the site, but plans are still in the works wrangell's new subdivision is called aldertop village and local officials hope it will relieve the local housing pressure kate thomas the borough's economic development director says that utilities still need to be installed but construction should be completed by early fall that's when 20 lots will be sold under two methods half will be sold through a public surplus or an auction. With the land going to the highest bidder, buyers can bid on as many lots as they want. Thomas says each lot comes with a view.
4: They have an unobstructed view of the water. And the real value is, across the street, is a recreation site, Shoemaker Bay Recreation Area, that has a park, playground, um, and then other infrastructure north of the harbor.
3: The other 10 lots will be sold for a lesser price. Thomas says they're located right behind the other lots with no waterfront view.
4: The lots immediately behind them, there's 10 more lots there. We uh, proposed to the Economic Development Board to lottery those lots.
3: Thomas says they talked a lot about offering affordable housing, but she says it doesn't align with buying raw land since building on the property is already very costly. She says the borough still wants it to be accessible to families and young people so they're not outbid by someone in a more privileged position. So the borough decided a lottery would allow for this at a bit more random selection. The borough will permit people to buy 10 tickets or applications to increase their chances of getting selected. One person can win only one lot, even if their name has been picked multiple times in the lottery. The surplus, or auction lots, will start at $3 per square foot. The lottery lots will be 50 cents less at $2.50 per square foot. The lots range from just under a half acre to just over a half acre. The price range for the lottery lots will be between approximately $48,000 to $77,000. Although the lots are viewed as affordable, buyers still would have to build their homes on them.
4: They're all grubbed and cleared, which is to the advantage of anyone interested. Um, There was existing infrastructure on that lot long ago, Um, and so there's a little bit more stability um, on the ground there.
3: She says regardless, people will still have to do some earth and rock work to build up their parcel. They'll also have to work with Wrangell's Utilities Division to make sure everything is properly hooked up and put in place. Tom Waiter, the borough's public works director, says the borough has the infrastructure to support the initial phase of the subdivision but might need upgrades later. He says that there's no question that the water distribution lines could handle the increased flows at Top
1: could be an implication, I guess, down the road with water would be more, you know, during a drought implication, at which point, you know, we're, we're in a tough position no matter what. Um, uh, you know, being in that, you know, if, if we had a significant drought one summer and reservoir levels drop.
3: As for getting water to Aldertop, Waiter says there would be no issues with these 20 lots on lower elevations. He says there could be issues for future development if and when the subdivision grows larger. Ellen Jellum, a massage therapist in Wrangell, wants to partake in the aldertop lottery with her husband David. She says she'd like to achieve homeownership, but as a millennial, it's a shaky proposition.
0: I'd, yeah, I would love to have like a secluded property out the, out the road, but I just don't know if I can afford it. And like, I do okay financially, but... It's a very inflated market out there, so Aldertop might
3: be doable. Aldertop sits near a Slope, and with the recent deadly landslide that happened in Wrangell back in November, Jellum says she's still
0: interested in the lot. I feel like that's a risk we all take, except for maybe those of us who live in town at the moment. But if you live anywhere else out the road, that's that's reality of what you might might be facing. You know, we we still don't know enough about uh, our on geology to be able to predict it yet.
3: So Ellen and her husband, David, are going to give Aldertop a chance and see how far they get with that process.
0: I guess it depends on just what, how it goes. You know, I know some of them are going to go by lottery and they're going to sell some of them outright. And so I guess it depends on what comes our way. Still got to still win the lottery to have a chance anyway. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> the borough aims for the auction and lottery to be held during late summer or early fall after the height of the fishing and tourist season. In Wrangell,
0: I'm Colette Zarnicki. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.